Hello and welcome to How to Be a Better DM, the official podcast of Monsters.Rent. My name is Tanner Wayland, and together we're going to learn about how to prepare the best adventures for our players. And uh, this week I'm very excited about the topic. Uh, Last week I was sick, so Justin was kind enough to take a break from his paternal duties (laughs) with the baby. And, uh, and I loved his podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, it's about, you know, making time for D&D, even when you kind of have those family and parental obligations. I, I can't recommend it enough, uh, especially if you have kids. But uh, today we're going to kind of take a different tangent. And this is actually inspired by, uh, by video games, believe it or not. Um, this topic is something that's underappreciated in tabletop role-playing games, but but in video games, it's it's so highly focused on. Like when a game's coming out, they'll always talk about um, options. Specifically with RPGs, they'll talk about how your actions have different consequences, how there's multiple endings. That You'll see, hear that term a lot, right? And, and I'm not here to talk about multiple en- endings in an adventure. Rather, I'm going to talk about multi-option dialogue. Think about it. A lot of times when you're when your players are talking to an NPC of yours, uh, do you typically have like a specific thing in mind? Let's say that you're like, okay, this uh, this priest that the, that the newly formed party is going to, the priest is mostly there to inform them about the undead uh, uprising that's happen happening, right? To give them information about the where, when, how of the quest, right? Uh, and so many times, DMs will actually just get honed in on like, hey, this is the singular static purpose of the NPC, and then the and then the conversation is okay, but it never really reaches the level of of immersion that you're really searching for as a DM. Uh, going back to video games, just as a, an analogy or a, an analog for this, uh, in a lot of video games, they'll say that they're RPGs. But then every NPC that you talk to essentially only has one thing to say, and there's no real options or consequences for your actions because you can really only do one thing, right? You can only do, you know, that one dialogue response that's like, sure, I'll help you. Because what are you going to do? Be like, actually, I'm going to hunt you down instead of helping you hunt down the, the bear in the forest. No, a lot of video games don't want to deal with that. And I find that DMs can be the same way where where we don't want our story getting derailed. We don't want to spend too much time on a tangent. And, and so we just make these kind of, uh, these flimsy cardboard NPCs who, you know, in all honesty, you may have a wonderful character voice for them. Maybe you even have a great personality that your players can really read into. But if your NPCs don't have, you know, any real options aside from the one task that you've given them namely to give information or or like to get to offer them a shopping list because they're a merchant or or whatever else right if they only have one role and they don't have any sub roles or sub options uh, then it just becomes bland um one game that came out recently baldur's gate 3 you may have heard of it Uh, a lot of people are raving about it because it has so many options and it's so real to D&D. People will talk, compare it and be like, oh my goodness, I actually was able to do this interesting thing with the goblin. 
I thought there was only going to be like, oh, I talked to a goblin, the goblin fights me, and, and that's it, right? Whereas instead, it's like, no, actually, I talked to the goblin in the game, and there was an option because I have this ability that allows me to read minds. I was able to find out that the goblin was terrified of fighting me. And so I pushed back a little bit. Instead instead of a fight, I got out of a fight and I got to help this other NPC without any bloodshed, right? That's a kind of flexibility that you expect from D&D. And so people were really impressed with this video game. Uh, however, I, I couldn't help but wondering, I'm like, okay, how many times do we as uh, as DMs just really really slack or, or, or live below our potential in terms of like, Hey, we're having a one-on-one conversation. Yeah. It's fantasy. Yeah. We have a goal for the, for the players and we had to plan, you know, the session, but the fact that it's in person, that it's live, we have so much flexibility for changing where the conversation goes to throw in curveballs to give more information or more possibilities than we originally planned. And we really need to take a take up that option or that possibility and just run with it. Um, but enough about video games. Let's let's talk about you know how you can actually do this and what this would look like. Um, first off, uh, with I use the example of the priest, you know, uh, basically being an information NPC at a local church talking to a new party about an undead uprising. So, in a situation like that. It could be very linear. Uh, essentially, the players go in, talk a little bit, ask questions, get out with some information. Let's rework it. Let's think about what other sub-roles or sub-options the priest could play, right? One, with enough uh, persuasion, the priest could be uh, convinced to offer a relic, a relic that a player just happened to notice with you know, their high perception and they were able to be like, hey, hey, what's that? And then a uh, following persuasion role gets you a relic that works extremely well against undead. Uh, on the other hand, the priest could help with something else, right? Maybe uh, the priest can be convinced to join your party or have one of his acolytes join the party and act as a healer. Which, I mean, if you're ever in a party without a healer, that would be invaluable, right? Even if they're only there for a certain number of heals or something, right? Um, on the other hand, and, and this is like, if you're really leaning into, uh, into being creative, the priest with enough, uh, nudging or figuring out, you could even find out that the priest himself, uh, is the one behind the uprising or that he has a hand in it, uh, or an interest that keeps him from trying to solve it. Right. Um, kind of a betrayal option there. Uh, in many ways, I think that, that uh, I know I was kind of poo-pooing information NPCs. But, you know, in many ways you could, with some really good questioning from the the players, you could even give more information, extra information, above what you initially planned. You could kind of rewrite the NPC's uh, informational capacity to increase it because the players just rocked at asking certain questions and bringing out more, and, and then you divulge something that would really help, like, oh, a secret path that the priest heard about when, you know, oh, the ruins of the undead are infesting. Uh, there used to be a secret path that uh, when it was an actual, like, a building that you could, uh, like, cut to the end, basically, right? 
these are all things that are very interesting. I mean, you could even have the priest notice that one of the party is part uh, Asimar, right? And then they'd be like, hey, uh, I know that you're part divine. There's a ritual that can help at, at like twice a day. It can get rid, just full on get rid of lower level undead, right? Um, that could be very interesting. And it, and it pulls in something specific about uh, one of the characters in the party. And finally, romance, right? You have, uh, that's one thing I was just thinking about specifically with Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, everyone's just talking about like, hey, you can romance anyone in the game basically, right? Uh, not anyone, but there's a lot of options. Like imagine if one of your players romanced the priest, right? And then suddenly the priest is not only giving you the relic, but he's joining the party. Also, he's just kind of a permanent, you know, attachment and he's just always helping. Uh, and there's so many options there. And I'm not saying that you just give all of these options for every NPC or that you just make it super easy for, for players to get all the help in the world. What I am saying is you should look at each NPC from a couple of ways. You got to look at them in terms of primary role, and then you have to come up with sub roles so that they actually feel like a multidimensional uh, person, right? Um, so with, with those two examples of like, hey, the solely information NPC type priest versus the multi-option priest, isn't it, just, isn't it already obvious that your players would, would respond better? It would be night and day difference, right? Because your players would feel like, oh, with each conversation I have, you know, some more than others, but, but in general, I can tell that me putting effort into the conversation actually leads to different results. And that's what you're looking for, right? We want to increase immersion for the players and conversely reward them, you know, role-playing, uh, them putting their all into it. And that's, and it'll create better stories in the end. And so by you putting in uh, some more work into creating these other options or just being open to options on the fly, then you're, then you're opening the door to the players to do the same. Um, here's, but, but, but how can you do this actually? Cause, cause I think that you're probably wondering, same as me, like, Hey, I can already tell that I'm a linear single option, uh, dialogue style DM. And, and that's not a problem, right? Like everyone starts at a certain place and many people, as I've mentioned, are kind of in that mode and you can tell good stories there, but how do you change? Cause that, that's pretty difficult. Uh, in my mind, there's a few steps that you can take. They can get you there without, you know, taking a lot of extra work. First, you kind of have to honestly examine your current play style. As I mentioned, you know, I, I can be more linear. I, I had to kind of look at myself honestly and acknowledge that to be like, hey, with the last few NPC encounters, was it actually, you know, were there options? And, and frankly, like uh, there was maybe options in terms of where the conversation went, but in terms of what could actually substantially change the game for the players, not much, right? Each NPC had a role to play. So that's the first step, honesty. Um, and, and part of that honesty is maybe being like, oh, hey, no, I, I offer options. But do you only offer options if the player essentially gets a nat 20? Which, by, by you know, statistically speaking, 
is a one in 20 chance. If your players can only like have a really different outcome 20% of the time, that kind of sucks, right? It, it kind of sucks that the other 19, the other 19 times they're not actually feeling that kind of tug and pull within the conversation. As a listener of this show, you obviously love story. Now that you've had a chance to craft your own story by listening to this show, wouldn't it be nice to get some inspiration? Or maybe you just want a moment of immersion and escape and entertainment. Whatever it is, come join us on our new show, Packed and Boom. It's an actual play D&D podcast in the world of Calignos, where our characters Jolly, Wolfgang, and Alan will find and meet each other in hell. And from there, start a troublemaking journey with some near-death experiences that will hopefully lead them to a happy ending. Find it wherever great podcasts are heard or just go to sessionzerostudios.com slash packed and boom. That's P-A-C-T-N-B-O-O-N. Start listening today. Um, so after being honest about yourself, uh, about where you're at, um, you got to think about your player characters because anything that you do with NPCs, you shouldn't just spend all this effort planning different sub roles for an NPC that the players wouldn't want to interact with to begin with, right? Um, you got to plan something that would actually interact with the with the characters as they are. I gave the example of an ASMR or a part ASMR uh player character, right? That's a great example. The NPC could have additional dialogue options that they essentially bring up or that you plan because unlike a video game, you get to actually just plan these ahead of time and be like, oh, uh, there's an alchemist or sorry, or a ranger within the party that I can actually have this NPC comment on that and be like, hey, I noticed that you're a ranger. Uh, I do happen to know this place, but it, this shortcut, but it's kind of tricky to get through. Uh, you have to be really good with your woodcraft. And that kind of just opens up that door. And, and it's great if you do that. And the player is specifically is kind of not the conversation king, so to speak. You know, they're not the kind of more outgoing, uh, slightly controlling uh, player who's always like taking, uh, taking the lead in conversations. But if your NPC is naturally like, hey, uh, I'm I am actually have friends that are like a bunch of friends that are gnomes or or whatever else. Right. If you're able to to include that as a sub option or include more options because of that, then that those players who don't usually get to be in the limelight will get that chance. Uh, other than that, I, I really think that it's important that that you give opportunities. That's kind of the key thing, right? You're not just giving free stuff. You're giving opportunities for the players to get ahead or attack an issue from a different angle. Um, and, and so that's why it's always important to look at like, hey, what, what opportunities can I give them to do a skill check or to flex certain um, gaming muscles that they don't usually get to? Whether that's like, oh, they get to they get to have more of a, of an animal handling's challenge than they've ever had before because the NPC was like, hey, uh, I can't help you in terms of getting this specific thing, but I can get you a different thing 
if you help me wrangle my cattle or something, right? Uh, just being a little bit more flexible that way you can make it really fun. So after you've done those first two steps, you know, honestly examined your current play style and then also examined um, the player's re- player character's relations and capacity, uh, then the third step is where you actually, you know, you add a step to your NPC prep, and that is dialogue branches. Uh, now, I'm not saying you're going to write out a whole like, oh, this is the specific conversation that's going to happen. What I'm mostly saying is that you're going to look at the main purpose. You're going to name the main purpose for the NPC, right? That That's important because I think we all have a main purpose, but we don't necessarily, we're not necessarily cognizant of it. So you name that main purpose, you recognize it, and then you take the step beyond to be like, what other purposes could they fulfill in terms of like the NPC's influence, uh, the NPC's, uh, you know, possibilities that they could bring. Um, And if you do that, if you kind of brainstorm, like, hey, aside from this main goal, what other things, what other needs of the players could this NPC meet? Uh, Then that's going to give you some great options, right? If If your adventure is a little lackluster and a little, everything's a little too straightforward and clear, you could have a betrayal sub role, right? Where the NPC it's like, yeah, their main goal is to inform the player, but their sub-role is actually they're going to give false information and betray the NPCs. If you kind of, if you are cognizant of that and you plan that in because you see where the adventure is and what, what the players could use in terms of uh, story arcs or entertainment, then you're you're in a golden place, right? You're in a golden place to change the options, to add sub-roles, and that's going to open up, you know, if those sub roles exist, then there will be dialogue options that explore those sub roles, right? Um, and, and just as a kind of, you know, some key factors to keep in mind with this, um, you don't want to overemphasize the planning with this. It, yes, I think it's super important that you think of that main role, sub role thing, you know, have two or three other opportunities or sub roles that the um that the npc is playing but beyond that you shouldn't just have those be the only options right you kind of plan so that you are more capable of improving on the at the moment um if you just white knuckle every conversation then you're back in the same issue where it's like yeah there's there's a few more options but it's still super linear and the players don't feel that freedom. So with each, you know, with each conversation uh, or dialogue branches that you plan, you got to leave some room for it to change on the fly. And beyond that, you also need to leave some room for uh, for failure on the player's part, right? Let's say that they don't hit that uh, hit that persuasion check. Uh, that's fine. You know, if that happens then yeah, they missed out on that option. Uh, don't, don't like make it so that they have to get every single option possible. Uh, the key is that you're re- rewarding their good, uh, you know, their effort in the conversation. And so if it's, if you only end up using one of a few different dialogue options that you had, that, that's fine. You know, in, in the end, you can use the, the dialogue option later when the players run into it. Or you can have the players, you know, or you can use those dialogue options with a different NPC. 
you know, you have a lot of options. Um, in the end, I, I think that it's just very important that you are flexible, that, uh, that you just kind of be more open to additional possibilities. Um, and I kind of want to really emphasize that not all of these additional dialogue options should just be small scale. Like, think about how important it would be for your players if, you know, if they were actually able to convince the bad guy to turn himself in, right? To straight up just be like, oh, snap, you made some really good points and, uh, and, or you were really threatening or intimidating, right? Uh, in that case, I'm actually just gonna, I'm just gonna go in now, you know? Uh, how amazing would that be if like two or three players got a really good intimidation roles or, or, or whatever, and they were able to make that happen? That would be a huge, you know, in environment boost or a confidence boost, boost for the players because they see that like, hey, you planned something big and we worked hard and we made a big change to the script. And, and that's awesome. Uh, also like, or imagine that they're in front of a king and the king's like, Hey, uh, I call you to do this quest. Here's some info about it. And the players are like, actually, that sounds like a terrible approach. Sounds really violent. What if we go in and do more of a subterfuge type, like a goal or not goal approach, like more of a subterfuge approach. And then they're able to actually convince the king and his counselors that that works, right? And maybe there's even like a roll off between you and the counselor who's like, no, no, our, our, uh, our conquer all before us strategy is the best. And then you have a roll off and you win. Wouldn't that just be such a great story? And, and that's what I think is just great about this view of dialogue is like, hey, it's not you just deciding how the dialogue ends. It's you having an initial approach, a main role, but then also allowing the players to have some real uh, agency within it. Um, so just keep that in mind that you want, uh, yeah, you want some little day-to-day -day flexibility in the options where it's like, oh, uh, you get a bargain on, you know, on that uh, sword and you don't have to pay as much. There should be the, a lot of those mini um, dialogue options, but there should also be a lot of big dialogue options. Um, so I, I think that you should really try and do this in your games. Uh, and it doesn't need to take all the time in the world, right? Once again, while you're planning an NPC, just ask the question, hey, what is the main role it's fulfilling? And what other needs or opportunities could they uh, could they play that would meet the player's needs or, or tendencies, right? Um, if you're able to do that, it doesn't take long. It can be as much as you being like, oh, maybe the uh, the priest could also help with, you know, with subjug subjugation, right? Or maybe the priest could point out an additional relic that they could find. That is a very simple thing to do. You could find a relic online or, or just, you know, or just find a layout or a character template for a priest. And then you throw that in and, and you also realize that it's not a give me, you know, the players still have to work for it. They still have to persuade the priest, but there's, you know, that I think that that's something that you could do without, you know, breaking your neck over it. Right. Um, and so I really encourage you to try this with your next session. When you're planning any kind of NPC interaction, 
ask those extra questions, flesh out a couple more options that you could do. And, and then once you're playing the game, don't stress about it. Be just open to the options. And, and I think you're going to have a really good time with this. I, I, I hope you enjoyed the, the, uh, the topic today. I, th- I find it very near and dear to my heart in the way that I'm always wanting to improve and uh, see the places where I get a little complacent. And I hope that this was that for you. Uh, so until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week and uh, let's roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.